Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, girl? Grab my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Let's start it off today. A little VGK. We're actually awaiting a call from Alex Tuck of the Golden Knights. Jared's not ready for the first oh. bite. That's a non-first bite moment that I didn't know was coming. <laughs> I, I didn't look at my Discord this morning to see what the first bite was. I guess the first bite is Alex Tuck might be calling here in a might few minutes. Be. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully because on the rundown, I put a big picture of him. I was debating, <laughs> should I put a picture of this guy on there? Should I put a picture of Starkus's drink? But I went with Alex Tuck. So he'll be joining us in just a few seconds. Just a few seconds. After the Golden this might Knights be it. beat Minnesota last night. <laughs> might uh, be it. In overtime. A 3-2 win in overtime. A good... I mean, an important win, uh, obviously, in the standings, but also because, hey, they had lost to Minnesota five times in a row, and beating Minnesota at some point was going to be needed for this team. Uh, so they got the win last night, 3-2 in overtime. And joining us now is Alex Tuck. Alex, how are you this morning? Hey, Alex. Good. How's it going, guys? Good. Um, so you guys beat Minnesota in overtime last night. I'm curious. This is a team that you, you guys don't often lose to the same opponent five times in a row. So how... How big was it just to simply beat that team last night? Uh, it was huge. I mean, first and foremost, it was a big two points in the standings. And um, you know what? We thought that game uh, two or three nights ago got away from us uh, a little bit, especially in the defensive end. And um, I guess we kind of gave us suffer scale last night, but I thought we played really hard for um, almost 60 minutes straight before the overtime. And then, uh, they ended up getting two going up, and we were able to be resilient um, and, I guess, have a come-from-behind win. So it was a big two points that showed a lot of character, and uh, I think a lot of guys stepped up, and i got to give props to uh, my boy Nick Haig there. Uh, <laughs> the bell, and, uh, he, but honestly, even before that, he was setting the tone early. He was physical, and same with his deep partner, Zach Whitecloud, too. They came in, and... Uh, they were really hard to play against. They were really good against those top guys, and it was really good to see. Yeah, and can you? Ch- I mean, look, the last two games, Stone said after the first one, it got it got chippy out there, and last night, obviously, in the first period, it did. Younger guys who haven't had maybe extensive playoff experience. Uh, DeBoer is saying it's playoff time now. Is it also good to see that from younger guys? Like they're trying to understand uh, beyond the bubble, like what the intensity will be for uh, hopefully you guys in terms of the next several weeks, a month. But how good is it to see them kind of? drive into that intensity level they're going to need? Uh, it's really good. Um, honestly, it'll, it's going to help our team a lot down the road. And um, I, I think not only younger guys, but it wakes everyone up. Uh, hey, it's playoff time where if we got uh, four games left of the regular season, and then it's, it's go time for sure. Do you guys break down your teammates' fights? Like if somebody just gets absolutely embarrassed, are you guys like breaking it down for them, showing where they messed up? Uh, not me in particular, maybe Pivo, <laughs> but uh, I only have one, so I don't have much experience. Uh, I'm not really in a position to chirp anybody, but you know what? I thought, yeah, I thought it was a heck of a fight. Uh, um, I mean, uh, Folino is a, a big, tough customer there, and 
Uh, I thought Hager took care of him. I, I didn't see Flano get too many good ones in there. I saw Hager get an, at least a nice uppercut in there. And you know what? Um, I, I, I think he honestly won that fight. He was um, throwing a lot, of, a lot of punches. And like I said, Flano's a, he's a tough customer, and um, he definitely stood in there. You talked about Ryan Reeves. Um, he's been out of the lineup. Uh, but, again, a lot of you guys also said in a story yesterday that Ben Goetz wrote that, you know, he's missed. He's missed in those times where at least, whether it's the Wild or whoever, they know he's on the ice. They know he'll take care of things. Can you talk about what his absence has meant, not only in that, but to the lineup? And, obviously, it appears, as DeBoer's talking, that he could be back for the playoffs. But what he means in those situations, that just his presence on the ice? Well, first and foremost, we're playing with 11 guys, so... Uh, the extra body is missed for sure but uh, yeah I mean in a physical game like that he's in all the scrums he's hitting guys, he's setting the tone he's I guess uh, keeping everyone in check so no one does anything too stupid because they know that when he's around if anyone does something stupid they have to answer the bell and that's the type of guy that he is, he'll do anything for his teammates and uh, he's a great teammate to have in the locker room and just a great guy in general. So he's definitely very messed. Uh, Alex, how's it been for you? Because you seem to be the one picking up most of the slack with the 11 forward lineup the last two games playing on two lines. Well, it's a lot of minutes. But complain about having too many minutes, right? I mean, it's tough to be like, hey, coach, you're playing too much. I don't think anyone in there. the history of anything has never said that. But, no, we, we, I mean, um We've talked about it and stuff, and I've had some experience this year already with it. So we've we've had a, we have a pretty good rotation, but uh, I gotta say the body's pretty tired after games. But we have a good uh, we have a good uh, training staff here and stuff to help us recover and get ready for the next game. So uh, no matter what, I think our entire team's ready to go. And um, I, I've been having to pick up minutes, but like I said, I'm not going to complain about having um, too much time on the ice and. So it's it's been nice for sure. It's really hard, especially when you're going maybe every other shift to really, um, really get out of the game because you're on the ice half the time. So you got to be ready at all times. But it keeps you in the game, that's for sure. Uh, DeBoer yesterday was pretty honest about Peyton Krebs. He said this is an audition because they can play him six without the ACL and all that. And I saw you a couple times uh, the first game. You're on the bench talking to him last night. You're going out between a shift and a timeout talking to him. Like, how have you seen him the last few days? And obviously you're one who's uh, standing up and giving him advice during games. I don't know how, you know how much you can really tell him during a game or shifts or everything, but what have you seen him the last two nights? Honestly, I feel like he's... Uh... He's, he plays like an experienced NHL player. He's holding on the puck. This boy is amazing. He's got phenomenal skill, and I, we knew about his skill and his speed and stuff. But I didn't, I didn't know like how smart of a player he was and how well he saw the game. But I mean, he was able to open up some things and make some plays that honestly, um, guys on the team can't make. Um, and not guys like me or anyone. There's some guys. Um, there's some plays that he makes that other guys can't, and so it's really good to see. And like I said, he's playing he's playing like he's got a couple hundred games of experience at least for sure. And uh, to be able to jump in right away after a season of playing in the WHL, is, it's really good to see. And um, got to give him props. He's playing really well, and he's making the decision very hard for the coaches to take him on the lineup. That's for sure. More importantly, who took his helmet before his first game? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I was on the other side of the locker room, so I didn't even have a chance to get over to it. But 
Uh, I don't think he was uh, too too upset with uh, the helmet not being in his stall before he had to go out. I think he had the hair all primed and ready. <laughs> yes. so he, he was excited yeah. for it, for sure. The, the locks were ready, he said. Well, I mean, if it was one of the gold helmets, we want to take all of yours. But that's another story. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Alex. <laughs> Alex, when you guys when you guys wear the, the shiny gold helmets, are they distracting? No, we're used to them now. I think the first time we saw them up in our locker, I can see my reflection, and now it's like, oh, crap, these things are really shiny. But uh, no, they're, they're very interesting. I think they're very unique and. It uh, draws a lot of attention, so that's what we need a little bit more of in this game and um, a little bit of different styles and attention and stuff like that. And So it's, uh, it, it, it's, just, it's a fun little aspect of the game at home. Everyone is talking about Colorado for good reason, the two best teams, but Minnesota, now everyone's talking about them. I just want to ask you this real quick. If it ends today, you're playing St. Louis, they're playing better. Are not enough people talking about that match? And I assume if that's them, you'll zero in on them. But nobody's really talking about them, and they're playing better. Is there? I mean, you guys are thinking about them, but what about that matchup? Because no one really mentions that. Well, they won the Stanley Cup two yeah. years ago. Uh, a lot of those guys were on the team. Uh, obviously, we have Petro now, which which is a huge addition, but... They're a really good team. They're they're big. They're strong. They're heavy. They play the right way. They're it's a veteran lineup, and they know how to play playoff hockey. So it, it'll be a tough matchup for sure. And um, we're definitely looking forward to it if it happens, or uh, if like Colorado or Minnesota. We don't know yet, but uh, we're definitely up for um, up for the task for whoever we play. Last one for you, Alex. Has the goalie rotation given Mark Andre Fleury more time to pull pranks? <laughs> Um, he hasn't been too outrageous. I'd say there's, a, there's been a couple. Um, I'm not going to throw him under the bus or anything, but I'm, I'm pretty sure some people uh, might have seen uh, a video of Nick Holden with a interesting practice stick. Um, that he ended up using, actually, which was very, very funny. I gave the boys a good laugh there, but no, it, it, it's always really good for uh, for the whole team to stay loose and and uh, flower. I mean, uh, what an amazing accomplishment he had the past uh, two games that he's played, uh, going over Roberto Luongo. And but uh, the, the pranks are just. Uh, I mean, that's just speaking on on behalf of his character, how good of a guy he is, and how he keeps it loose and light in the locker room no matter what. And um, he's a he's one of the best leaders I, I, and teammates that I, I've ever played with. So it, it was really special to see him have such a great accomplishment, and I was really happy to be a part of it. Alex, we appreciate the time. Thanks, this Alex. Thank we you appreciate very much. it, man. Thanks, guys. There he is. <laughs> the helmet. The Krebs kid did say afterwards it allowed the locks to flow. <laughs> so I don't know if he was that upset like he was. someone took his helmet because those locks were flowing. Do we think that Peyton Krebs might have been lying and he lost his helmet on purpose so that he could or skate he just, out there with his helmet? Or he just kind of stuffed flowing? it in like some bag or yeah. something knowing where it was because when someone steals it, I think is your first NHL game, you're a little nervous. My God, will I find that? Thing? Yeah. Like he might have done it himself. Because right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you, you're, it's your first game. You're expecting everything to be in order. And it's like, oh. I don't have a helmet. I'm not going to have a helmet for the game. What do I do? Uh, hey, get out there. We'll Go skate around with your hair out. All right. So, Golden Knights do beat the Minnesota Wild last night 3-2. 
in overtime. Um, it, it's a pretty big win in terms of the standings yeah. because they, especially because Colorado also Colorado lost, then lost to San Jose last night. So they have sort of reestablished themselves as the favorites to win this division down the stretch. And for the most part, eliminated the possibility that they could fall to three. Had they lost last right. night, the, the possibility of them falling all the way back to three, losing home ice in the first round would have been, that would have been a possibility if they lose that game. That wouldn't have been night. good for yeah. them. But winning it, pretty much not guaranteed, but pretty, I don't even think they're technically guaranteed uh, to do anything but finish uh, one, two, or three still. So, but they're in pretty good shape to finish first uh, in the West. All right, coming up next, I, we're, we're never going to get enough of the Aaron Rodgers story. It's going to be amazing. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. I kind of don't care. At the end of the day, those people don't know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, the GMs and the scouts, they're the ones who ultimately like watch the film and make that evaluation. And not only that, but like the people who are making these uh, opinions, you know what I mean? Like They don't really matter. Like They don't make the picks, so... I'm not really tripping, you know what I mean? And not only that, but um, I know my worth and my value as a player and what I have to offer and my potential and what I could do. So, um, I mean, of course, it puts, like, a little chip on my shoulder because it's like, I mean, damn, you know what I mean? Um, uh, a unanimous All-American, uh, I won the uh, Outland Trophy, you know what I mean? But clearly that's not good enough. But I'm not tripping because I know what I can do and um, I know what I'm going to do in my career. So uh, I'm just super excited. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Alex Leatherwood already has that chip on his shoulder. The Outland Trophy's not good enough. But we don't do, we don't do that much tripping on this show. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers... Might be leaving the Packers. We'll see. But we have tampering accusations for everyone involved. Bob Demosky of ESPN yesterday reported that the Packers believe the 49ers and Broncos tampered with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The report was the Packers are upset. Teams may have contacted Aaron Rodgers to gauge whether he'd be interested in playing for them. Which, by the way... Mike Mayock looking smarter by the minute, not answering your question about Aaron Rodgers. You could look at it that way, or it's like, are they really that smart? Why haven't they contacted him? (laughs) Look, if you're going to be able to tamper and not get in trouble with it, why aren't you doing that? Like, don't let the Broncos tamper when you can be tampering and still not get in trouble for it. Because the other part of this report is that the Packers haven't, like, filed any charges (laughs) or complaints with the NFL because... It's it's like an impossible yeah. thing to prove, and there's no likely not going to be any punishment for the Broncos or 49ers because they're not really going to be able to prove that yeah. they tampered, that they called Aaron Rodgers to see. So, yeah, Mike Mayock should call Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, maybe they're behind. <laughs> Go ahead and call. But that call wasn't Aaron Rodgers, though, not the Packers. Yes, directly oh, yeah, to Aaron Rodgers. Don't call Rogers. the Packers. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to tell you he's available. Negotiate <laughs> the trade with Aaron Rodgers and then have Aaron just tell the Packers. Or just have, didn't they just call the Packers and say, all right, here's the trade. Aaron yes, agreed Aaron to it. Aaron has said yes. <laughs> call the media. <laughs> yeah, them too. That's right. So, But the other tampering was uh, Mike Garofolo reporting yesterday that Aaron Rodgers has, I don't know if, t- is tampering the right word, but Aaron Rodgers has apparently been telling free agents or potential free agents for the Packers Hey, don't come here. I'm not going to be here. 
I don't know if that's tampering, though. It's just his opinion, and he can say whatever he wants to free agents, right? He's just—he's a player, so he's. Yeah. Just, I mean, if I—if someone called me and if a free agent calls me and I'm the quarterback, says, "What do you think?" I mean, I don't know if it's tampering if I'm honest with them. Yeah, I, I I'd, I'd, I'd love to imagine the like, and I will say the Packers actually didn't sign many free agents this year. They just signed a bunch of their own guys because they had like Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari, two of the best uh, would have been free agents at their positions, and they just re-signed him. But, like, I, I would love to imagine the Packers, like, having a free agent come in, and they're like, yep, here's Aaron. Aaron's going to show you around this part. And Aaron's, Aaron's like, taking you to lunch. Don't come here. Don't bleep and come here. You're going to have to deal with some Jordan Love guy at quarterback. This team's going to be terrible. Don't come here. You don't want to be here. So Could I see that happening with Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. Like, that's one funny. dude. Like, if you told me he told guys, and it was all about him, and he told guys not to come, I wouldn't even blink. Wouldn't even, like, it'd go right through. It's like, yeah, I totally believe that. But what's, okay, so what I find interesting on the idea that that Aaron Rodgers would have been telling people not to come to Green Bay because he wasn't going to be in Green Bay. And by the way, the report was that he was doing that back before last season started. That at, after like, they, like after, after they, they drafted Jordan, Jordan Love, Love throughout the yeah. offseason, that that's when he started. Oh, it's doing really that. bugged this guy. It is yeah. a lot. My God. And a then he lot. goes and be what? What if it didn't bug him? I mean, what? He'd be the MVP. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Like <laughs> this shows you how great he is when he can be completely pissed off and still yeah. win the MVP. Well, <laughs> I think. Listen, I think you can make the argument that the Jordan Love pick was the best pick in Packers history because it made Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback in the NFL again. (laughs) Like, he was just a good quarterback the last four years. Uh, After they took Jordan Love, he became the best quarterback (laughs) in the league again. I was like, yeah. Good pick. Uh, they should have taken another. I was gonna say, why didn't they trade? Why didn't they trade up to get Mac Jones this year and say, "All right, what are you gonna do for you? You're gonna win the Super Bowl this year, right?" <laughs> but uh, what I do find interesting that I, I don't know if I believe it on the the Rodgers tampering again, terrible word, but tampering with potential free agents is Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari resigned with the Packers, like two guys that were on that team that presumably Aaron Rodgers would have been more likely to talk to them than he would have potential free agents outside the organization. So like, why would like the whole, the whole Aaron Jones part of this, if you remember Aaron Jones was set to become a free agent. Yes. And he stayed with green Bay and might've taken less money than he would have gotten on the open market. But his agent afterwards came out and said, he really wanted to be a Packer. Like it was almost like his agent was saying, I could have got him more, but he really wanted to be a Packer. And I like if you're Aaron Jones, you probably don't want to be a Packer if Aaron Rodgers isn't there. <laughs> no. I'd love to know. I was just thinking of this. I'd love to know if you're you bring up the question, was he tampering? Because and this is obviously completely different levels, but you know, in college, like college basketball, like you're not supposed to have former players call recruits. Like, you know, you yeah. like, you know, one of fifty NBA players that Calipari put in the NBA is not it's considered a violation if they if Anthony Davis calls like the number one kid in the country says you got to go there you got to go there. I don't know if it's the same in the NFL, but it'd be really interesting to see if he was if he's calling free agents saying don't go there. Yeah. I wouldn't because it's the pros. I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. Maybe if put it this way, if it's hard to prove tampering on the management level. It would almost be impossible to prove tampering on Aaron Rodgers. Like, uh, like take I mean, his that would phone be like impossible. they wanted to take yes, Brady. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other the other part of the story from ESPN uh, that was interesting is this this suggestion that the Packers should trade Jordan Love because that might appease Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and he'd be okay. You got rid of Jordan Love. We're back because this all this all stem seems to stem from Jordan Love. That if yeah. they never make that pick, Aaron Rodgers is fine with any other. Uh, shortcomings of the front office that he viewed, but it all seems to stem from the Jordan Love pick. So 
Should they trade Jordan Love? I don't know. I mean, I think Jordan Love's sitting somewhere at home right now saying, you know what, it was so easy when I threw eight touchdowns against UNLV. <laughs> why, why, it's, never been this, it's never been this difficult to like, get guys to like me other than when I was on the Facebook broadcast. And people could watch me on Facebook. <laughs> they were on Facebook. I was watching right. it from London at 3 in the morning. Like, Well, I had to turn it off when he threw his sixth touchdown pass. I'm like, I think they're winning this game. But, yeah, it's like that's the one guy, and he's never going to say anything. I mean, obviously, he never played it down. That guy's not saying this, especially about Aaron Rodgers. But I'd love to know what he's thinking. It's like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> These guys uh, drafted me, and one of the greatest players in the, in the world hates me so much, <laughs> he might not come back. And I haven't done anything. I haven't thrown a pass. Uh, oh, God. Good love. Going to be a super. Would you trade him? Okay. If, I don't know. If you knew, if you knew that trading Aaron Rod- or trading Jordan Love meant Aaron Rodgers was going to be happy and come back, then yes. But I feel like <sighs> if they traded Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers might come back for this year, but then he'd just be mad about something else next yeah. offseason and they'd be in the same situation they are now. So. I, I probably wouldn't just because there's no certainty. Now, again, if Aaron Rodgers came to you and said, hey, trade Jordan Love, it's all good, I'm back, we're playing out. Yeah, I'll sign contract. an extension, whatever you want. Yeah, then absolutely I trade him. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is doing that, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers is truly going to be happy if they traded away Jordan Love. I don't think anything makes this kid happy. <laughs> Jeopardy. I mean, Olivia Munn didn't make this kid happy. I mean, I, Danica I, Patrick I, I, didn't yeah, make Danica this kid Patrick, happy. Yeah, Danica Patrick. What makes this kid happy? Jeopardy. His that long-time probably, roommate. That's probably Ooh. it. That's Anywho, that's probably it. Uh, that Jeopardy's the one thing that makes him happy, and he's not—he's not like guaranteed to get that because the second week the ratings went down. I think. Him I think this makes him happy. Drama, like yes. drama, and this storms around this him makes him happy. I think he enjoys this more than we could ever know. I mean, he's—he's he's the one that doesn't talk to his family. Yes. It doesn't talk to the bachelor or the family doesn't talk to him. One of the two. Yeah. I don't know how how that goes. That's but. why. That's why when they said the Niners, I'm glad you brought that up. I think the family still lives in the Bay Area. Like when they said he was really in the Niners, I'm like, so he's gonna play in the Bay Area and not like take mom oh, to lunch. Man, I'm like, he's like the family's there, but he that's where he wants to go back to. He's gonna walk into a restaurant, see his parents, and be like, I can't eat here. Sorry, sorry. The, the bachelor brother, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Like, yeah, that even. I mean, I must admit, I was walking through the house a few times when that bachelor was on with the with the wife and the daughter. But it was very bizarre how they'd bring that up. And, man, that was shut down, like, quickly. Like, there was, like, no relationship whatsoever with those guys. Yeah. And it's like, man. Yeah, he seems to – you're right. I didn't think of that. He maybe seems just to like this in his life. I mean, weirdness. I would love this. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I would love this. I would love the idea. We'd all at some level love to be Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, but I would love the idea of holding the team hostage and being mad at them about something kind of stupid like taking Jordan Love. Like, it's not – I mean, teams draft quarterbacks when they have a current quarterback kind of all the time. But – Yeah, you need a – Yeah. You need a backup. I just – I. I find I would I would find it very amusing if I was Aaron Rodgers right now. I would probably enjoy this more than the MVP season if I was. Do Aaron you Rogers. believe he's just a weird kid, like incensed with drama, or do you believe he falls in the Kevin Durant realm that I've always said Kevin Durant's the greatest athlete and the most insecure athlete at the same time? Like, do you think this has anything to be insecure, or is he just so? cocky and confident who he is. I think it's more that. Yeah, I don't think I, he's very insecure. Yeah, this guy. I don't think that there's the insecurity. I no. just think there's a level of cockiness and yes. a level of, yeah, I can kind of do what I'm I want. I'm the best and, and I don't want anyone else. With you. All right, coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're happy to talk to him. 
he just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. All right, David, do you believe... <laughs> oh, did you enjoy that? I forgot. Uh, that's I want to talk about that intro in a little bit, but yes, go ahead. You have a question. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you believe Aaron Rodgers enjoys what's going on right now more than his MVP season? I absolutely have that sense. I think that there's like, and this is something I've always admired about him, uh, which is incredible because he, he does things as a quarterback that I've not really seen anyone do. But also I think that like all of that is animated by like a pettiness that is like an incredible show in its own right. Like he could get like 25% worse as a quarterback. And I still think there'd be something really uh, like compelling to watch there just because of what a maniac he is. And we were talking this before you came on. I think Tyra and I both agree. Like when we, every time, every time Durant and the burners come up, I'm like, that guy's one of the greatest players ever. Who's completely insecure. Like he's compl- It's weird how he's insecure. Yeah. It almost seems like Rogers though, is just cocky. Like he's not yeah. insecure about himself. He's just like, I'm the greatest, and I'm you're gonna do whatever the hell I want you to do. Yeah, and I think it's also. I mean, the, there's a lot of stories about this sort of thing with like elite athletes where like he's hyper hyper competitive about everything. So it's like he takes. You know, as serious as he is in, like, an NFC championship game, like, if you're playing ping pong against him in the clubhouse, he's just as much of, a like, a wild man mm-hmm. about it. And, like, I think in this case, it's like, you know, if you're his general manager, like, that's I guess it's a good thing as long as you can use it. You just don't want to wind up on the other side of the ping pong table, you know? <laughs> and, like, I think in this case, it's, like, it's clear that uh, whatever it was that, like, flipped that switch, it's like, you're not... You don't talk him down. You don't get him to stop being that way. <laughs> you know, like this is like that's the whole nature of him. It's why he's Aaron Rodgers. It's just like you have to move on now because you're not going to be like let us reason together as men. Like he wants to kill you now. That just happened, so you have to deal with it. You've got him on the edge of the building, Aaron. Aaron, we're going to talk you down. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems like a, a mistake in terms of knowing who you're dealing with. Like much more than like you know whatever. I mean, I don't know what they thought was going to happen when you, you craft his replacement and don't get him any receivers. But I mean, like that, it, it seems like, yeah, he's going to take it personally. Like, why wouldn't he? That's like how he gets himself fired up. So there's, there, there's no way he actually retires though. Right? No, I can't see all that stuff. I've, I've been kind of like amused by that too. Cause it's like, there's a whole, like the upper, upper tier of like NFL media where basically their job is to like get text messages from famous people and then just rephrase them for <laughs> tweets. Like, it's interesting. It's kind of, like, illuminating in some ways because you're like, oh, all right, so this is what, like, his camp wants you to think. But there's no way that he's, like, you know, going to give up on football at, like, the back end of his prime because he's like, I've always wanted to host Jeopardy. It's been one of my favorite shows for years. Like, no, man, he's got, like, another few years to go out there and try to, like, kill people and be crazy as a quarterback. And then, like, yeah, maybe after that he'll he'll go do it. But, like, there's I can't imagine that. Like, there's pettiness and then there's, like pettiness like the guy wants to play football i think i just wonder where he winds up now you know like so many of the teams that i would have thought would be great fits for him drafted quarterbacks and i you know like green bay is still not it's not the worst situation in the world unless you're aaron Rodgers, in which case like you so dearly want out that there's i, I don't know how you make it work i saw that you tweeted about lady bing what is your thought on how bad hockey fights can be <laughs> we were just talking about that this morning the uh this like that whole like line brawl thing with the Cavs and the Rangers yesterday was kind of like I mean I barely follow hockey beyond that if I'm being honest it's kind of like 
Like, I know a little bit about what's happening, but, like, some of the names are hard for me. You know, it's like four consecutive A's. Like, I didn't, I'm not familiar with how to say that. But the, uh, the, like, the goofiness of that brawl, like, to me, I, I, like, almost felt bad for the people that were involved. I understand why they had to do it, and, like, you know, I guess it makes a certain amount of sense. But, like, all these guys are, it's not like when I was a kid, and this is going to make me sound old because I am decently old, but, like, teens would always have just, like, one, like, dirty-looking guy that would get in fights. And that was, like, that person's job. Like, on the <laughs> Devils, I remember, like, when I was a kid, like, you'd see a guy in, like, a Ken Danico jersey or something. And you'd be like, oh, this guy, like, is that version, but he doesn't play for a hockey team. This is just, like, a guy that goes into, like, the bagel store and gets something and, like, they get his coffee order wrong and he's, like, trying to, you know, like, mean mug people. Like, and teams don't have guys like that anymore. It's all these, like, super, like, sleek athlete-type dudes. And so with the Rangers, I mean, the Caps do have guys who fight. But with the Rangers, it was all these, like, kind of, you know, like, clean athlete guys just kind of throwing punches at other clean athlete guys and being like, when this is over, we can play hockey. I just, we got to get this out of the way. Like, it's kind of a poignant situation, weirdly. The, the Rangers put out a statement basically calling for George Peros, the uh, head of player safety in the NHL, to be fired. Can you remember another time any pro sports team has put out a statement saying, hey, the league needs to fire one of their employees? So good. It's so Dolan, too. It's <laughs> So this is, that's like the, the difference with it. Because, like, they wound up, like, firing their coach yeah. and GM shortly after. <laughs> like, so it's clear that, like, the, the owner, the same guy that owns the Knicks and owns the uh, the cable company in New York that everybody hates but has to use, uh, it's just like the Rangers are the team that James Dolan actually cares about. So you can tell the difference between like, I guess he's like happy when the Knicks are winning, but it's not, I mean, he's never really that happy, but with the, like, it is an incredible, like billionaire son of billionaire dad move to be like, you should fire yourself. And also all your underlings. Like that is just like, no one says that no one would even for a minute be entitled enough to pull that off. Unless you're like, James Dolan, like a guy that has like a vanity blues band that makes songs about like his ex-girlfriends <laughs> and the local newspaper. Okay. So, so rank for us in order what James Dolan cares about the most, the Rangers, the Knicks or his band. I, this is a good question. I think, and I've like, this is not the first time I've considered this, which is a little embarrassing, but uh, <laughs> it is, so for me, it's Rangers band Knicks but that has moved uh, in the past. And I think that like, it's oftentimes it's like band long pause Rangers. <laughs> <next>. <laughs> yeah. The band's incredible too, because it's, he's got the money to like pay for professional musicians. So like the songs kind of like sound, they're like well arranged and well performed. And then at some point, just like this long Island guy comes on and starts like singing about how the daily news is very rude to him and unfair. <laughs> There's like a minute of it where you're like, huh, I can kind of see this. Then he's like, you know, everybody hates my hat. (laughs) Don't you wish, though, because everyone said the Rangers was awesome what they did and no one ever does that. Don't you wish other leagues would do this? And we talked yesterday about like Joe West is like 150 and still umpiring. And they do those stats and he's like 80% accuracy. Wouldn't it be cool if other leagues actually had the you know what to like step up and say, why is this guy still? Why is Angel Hernandez get rid of these guys? And no one seems to do it. Yeah, I think I absolutely think that. I mean, I think with Angel Hernandez is a funny test case too because it's like it's got. We talked about this before, I think that like it's gotten so bad that like you can't not talk about it at this point. You know that like he screws up so much, and in these 
sort of wild ways that like even he like acknowledged earlier this week where he was like, Yeah, I was guessing on that one. I guess I got it wrong or whatever. <laughs> like at some point you like it's weird to not talk about it. I remember that was like I think it was like Francona earlier this week was like, Angel, have you ever noticed that like every time this happens it's kinda happening to you or something like that? And then but it was like he was trying to be like as polite about it as you could be. But like yeah, I think we're we're on that trajectory. I don't think we're gonna get to the point where like Pirates owner Bob Nutting sends an unsigned letter <laughs> to the public and is like, Angel Hernandez is a disgrace. Like, there's, it's just different energy that baseball owners have. But, like, yeah, we're on that path, I think. Uh, when you watch baseball, because when I watch baseball, nothing makes me more irrationally angry than seeing the K zone live and the umpire <laughs> miss the call. Do you enjoy baseball more or less with the K zone on the screen at all times? K zone bugs me too, man. I, it's, I think it's like it's useful in some ways. Like it's not like you know I turn the game off, but I think it's for one thing. Like it's not like a realistic rendering of like. Of course, umpires are going to like miss calls and make up calls and whatever. Like if you ever played, if you watched a lot of baseball, like you know that that's how it goes. The other thing to me that I think it leaves out is that there's a way that like an umpire can miss a call. You know. 40 times in a game and have it make sense if it's also, you know, going the other way when uh, the other team is missing pitches there. And also, like, if there's a corresponding sort of adjustment to the strike zone, like the K zone is like reflects where the, the batter is and the batter's body size or whatever. But if, like, an umpire has a strike zone that, like, is, you know, a couple inches off the plate in one direction and a couple of inches off the plate in the other and everybody knows it and he sticks to it, that's fine. I think pitchers probably don't even mind that. It's just like there's something about like the idea of it being like a, a, like a concrete right or wrong on the merits that like uh, I think it's misleading and then also yeah it makes me mad. Did you defend your uh, title in the faded drunk spelling bee? I am doing it uh, tomorrow. Oh, will you defend uh, your title? <laughs> I will be. I will be. Uh, I'll be faced by a woman who won the previous one, but then. <laughs> I don't know what happened. She must have had something going on a Friday night where she couldn't do a drunk spelling bee. Not me, though. Not a problem for me. So I'll, I'll be doing it. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be facing a uh, returning champion. And uh, one of my coworkers, uh, Luis Pius Pumar, will be there. So, yeah, it's weird. I like It was fun to do, but I had to keep, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night uh, in my time zone. And so, like, I had, like, a normal night with my wife. And then at some point I had to just be like, I got to um, – go get bombed and spell words in the back of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to keep coming back out because I didn't realize how much drinking I was going to have to do. So I'd like come back out at like 1140 and be like, just get more scotch. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is David Roth from The Defector. David, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, David. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. it. Oh, the faded drunk spelling bee. We do spelling bees. Well, I think we're sober. Do we okay? So he uh, said he struggles with hockey names, and apparently he, he likes to do spelling bees. Do we need to start giving him a random uh, hockey name every yes. time he comes well, on yeah. to see if he can spell it? Yes. We used to remember a guy with him, which is his whole bread and butter. Let's yeah, see now we're we can... changing his bread and butter to spelling and yeah. hockey well, no, players. We, we could do a combo. Like, all right, first of all, spell this player. Remember this guy that played for Russia in the 1980s, <laughs> and nobody's going to remember that guy. Oh, spell Kucherov. Yeah. Good one. Not, we can we can give him see how good yeah. he is at hockey. Is so. that is that our next spelling bee? Because I'm working on a no, spelling bee right no. now. Of, we want the ones where we get. Well, if you're doing Smith for Riley, yes, we'll take that one, but uh, <laughs> not the others. All right, coming up next, man.
Lights FC sucks. <laughs> Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. The, uh, the you know, guys on the bench came out and questioned me about, you know, that, that Liam was going to be the runner. And I said, yeah, I know. Uh, so we didn't know it. But I know because if you look at the other guys that you would double switch out of the game, I mean, those are not guys. Vaughn was the guy to come out. Um, and I thought we had to get out of the thing. You know, Kopech done a great job, but, you know, his commander at the end. So we got the out in the, in the ninth. Um, but, well, you know, I'll reread the, that situation. I'm guessing you know the rules better. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Tony La Russa, uh, if you missed it in extra innings, he left his pitcher in to run as the uh, initial placement runner on second base. But the rule is, is that if your pitcher is the one that is scheduled to run, you can go to the guy that hit right before him and put him on base so the pitcher is not forced into running. Tony La Russa did not know that, but somebody in the media did and asked him why he made his pitcher run when he did not have to. Tony La Russa, 97 years old, well, approximately. I was going to ask my next question because obviously when he got hired, the first thing is how you hiring someone that old? It doesn't make sense. He's been out of it. Give me the percentage, though, no matter the age, of major league um, managers who would forget that. I wonder if there's a lot of guys who would forget that. I the only pass I would give Tony La Russa On is that. he manages an AL team, and this would never come up if it was two American League teams playing oh, because the pitcher okay. would never yeah the pitcher would never, never okay. be in. Okay, if you're a National League manager, you have to know that. Yes, you, you yeah. have to. Yeah. So an American League manager, like I doubt Dusty Baker knows that. <laughs> I'm pretty confident Dusty Baker doesn't know you can put the pitcher or put a guy in to run for the pitcher. Kind of um, hoping. I'm kind of hoping Roberts doesn't know that so they can lose a game and they can fire him. So that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> he just won the World no. Series. Uh, in spite of, my hey, friend. He in just won in the spite World Series. Of, in spite of. These these World Series managers, they have a shelf life. I, yes. I, I, as a Cubs fan, you got to get rid of Joe Madden. <laughs> yes. In spite of. It's been 30 games since ah, they won the World the Series. The handling of the bullpen right now is a disaster with this guy. Well, when they're all bad, it's not easy to handle the bullpen. They're all going to give up runs. It's just a matter of which one you want to give up runs. Just my question, just real quickly, is how hard do you have to like convince? Like, does Zach Grinky just run out to second if he's in? If he's, oh, you leave Zach Grinky in to run. There's oh, no doubt about that. He wouldn't even be supposed to run, and he'd run out. Oh yeah, like, yeah he, he, he would he just wants run to steal out there. Third. Yeah, he and he's stealing third on the first yes, pitch. Exactly. Like he's just said, he's just running. Grinky's doing it for sure. Too bad he's a starter. He'll never be in in the tenth <laughs> inning, but. Hopefully we'll get there one day. All right. Um, I was extremely disappointed last night. Lights FC, their first game with this affiliation with LAFC. Uh, they had six guys loaned to them from LAFC. Four of them were in the starting lineup for Lights FC, including Danny Masofsky, who is uh, one of the greatest UNLV soccer players of all time. They lost their season opener to LA Galaxy Five nothing last night. Five to nothing. Uh, Lights FC had two shots on goal in the entire game. Uh, LA Galaxy had LA Galaxy two, I should say, had ten. And more amazing than any of that is that in now four seasons, 
Lights FC have not beaten LA Galaxy 2, and LA Galaxy 2 have never finished better than 8th in the Western Conference since Lights FC joined the USL. 18, 18 hours ago on the button, Tyler Bischoff <laughs> on Twitter, this will be the most talented <laughs> roster Lights FC has ever had for a game. So I got kind of excited at the moment. Not, not, as, excited so enough did where, I. Not, not as excited enough to where I'd actually watch it, but I was pretty excited to see the score like a couple hours later. And then when I saw 5-0, so they've never beaten this team, but it appears 5-0 is it's getting worse and they're supposed to have better players. That's the weird thing. <laughs> like they, They've never lost these guys 5-0. I don't think that's so, no. Huge, that's I'd have like, to go check. Domination. But yeah, I don't think so. They haven't lost many games ever. No, 5-0. not like, many soccer teams. Yeah, they're not, they, <laughs> 5-0. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, genuinely, they the Lights tweeted out yesterday that they had six six guys from LAFC being loaned down, and four of those guys ended up in the starting lineup. Like, I, I genuinely thought, oh, this, this is going to be good. Like, And some of those guys, I think three of them, have like played on Sunday or played or they're the, MLS the before. Players. Like, they ha- they've played for LAFC. And no, they were terrible. I mean, it was the first half was scoreless. So all five goals came in the second half. That wow. doesn't feel any worse. That's even um, worse. Yeah. The first half like was scoreless. Lights FC didn't play well in the first half, but the second half just got, I mean, brutally picked up. This is, I'm, I mean, I'm going hockey here, but this is a bad save percentage for whoever was in net. I mean, if you're giving up five, you know, if you're flurry, even flurry, if the great no, flurry, he if he gives like, like, he he gives like five goals and 10 shots, I mean, it's going to be, we're going to be talking about it the next day. No, 50% might be good in soccer. Wow. I, well, I'll, it might be good when it's one of two, the average, five of 10. The average is about 60%. So it's a much bigger net. You just, yes, you that's true. Normally, that is true. That you don't normally true. give up 10 shots on that's goal. That's the other thing. That's like, the problem. The poor guy had to work last yes. night. Yes. You don't like, you <laughs> normally give up a handful of shots on goal and okay. A couple went in, not 10, man, disaster. Hey, it, it's just like every other type of football. Halftime adjustments matter. <laughs> I, what, what, what am I supposed 5-0 to do? 5-0, and I had no idea like it was all in the second half. Yeah, what am I supposed to do? I just want this I damn team to I think you're asking the for the refund on the season tickets is what you're doing. <laughs> they got to play like three more games before they have a home game, too. If they're if they're 0-4 and, and like a negative 20 goal differential. Oh, man. Boy, the only thing you got to look forward to are those like little uh, blown-up things with the water in them. The pool? The pools. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, that's kind of like... I am going to sit in a pool again this year. <laughs> and getting to not vote for a lights player for player of the week. I was going to say, it'll be easy. You, you can eliminate one team this week for your voting on player of the week. I'm just going to vote who, whoever beat them every week. <laughs> whoever scored against them gets the vote. Well, unless there, were, unless there was a guy who had two last night, five guys are in line well, to, that's get, right. to get this award this I'll week. split my vote between all five. Say, <laughs> so give them all. Put them oh, all up there. I, I'm five so, old. so... So frustrated They're by that. The playoffs. Like, what a disaster. No, there's no chance. Playoffs. There's, LA Galaxy 2 is not even good. They're not even supposed to be one of the good teams. They lost five to nothing. F fail pass. <laughs>